0: Welcome to Cretech Climate Cast, a podcast series devoted to educating, inspiring, and leading the built world to address the world's biggest crisis, climate change. I'm your host, Michael Beckerman, CEO of Cretech Climate, the leading voice for the real estate industry's commitment to climate tech. Join me each week for 20 minutes as we connect with the world's leading real estate and tech innovators from VCs, real estate companies, academic and nonprofit sectors. Thanks for tuning in and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. It's Michael Beckerman, CEO of Cretec and our newest initiative, Cretec Climate. Welcome to my podcast, Climate Cast, where each week I'm having conversations with leaders that are focused on helping to decarbonize the built world, which is responsible for 40% of all carbon emissions globally. Today's a special one for me. And I mean that, well, actually, I think I probably say that with everyone, but this one is authentically, not that the other ones aren't authentic. Ah, strike that. Let's just go right to it. Matt Ellis is, I think, the OG when it comes to ESG and the built world. He's been doing this since 2013. He's the CEO and founder of Measurable, the world's most widely adopted ESG data management tool for commercial real estate, 10 billion square feet. Under the portfolio and platform, fifty-five thousand buildings in seventy-eight countries. So, Matt, it's great to spend some time with you today. Thanks for joining the podcast.
1: My pleasure, Michael. Thanks for having
0: me. Yeah, for those that don't know, Measurable in our world, Matt, which I, I imagine is not that many people, but just wanted to give everybody a little bit of the sort of the pre-measurable Matt Ellis story, and then take us to when you founded Measurable in 2013 and what the big idea was there.
1: Sure. I'll I'll try to zip through it. Uh, Hopefully it's mildly entertaining. So this business came out of my experience at CBRE. I was a real estate broker, tenant rep broker um, in San Diego. And I started that job in the auspicious year of 2008. Great time to get in the real estate industry, (laughs) as you can imagine. But the extra time that I wasn't um, busy doing real estate deals, I used to try to find a way to bring my personal interest and sustainability into my professional life. And that path was fruitful for me. I spent uh, really, the majority of my career at CBRE over five years um, working on sustainability, ultimately as the director of sustainability solutions. And I, that experience afforded me more or less two insights. One, there was a real transformation from traditional ways of business to more sustainable ones, that that transformation would disproportionately affect the real estate sector because of the reasons that you said, Michael, it is one of the most environmentally and socially impactful. We spend 90% of our time indoors. The health and well-being implications buildings are meaningful, to say the least. The second insight was that we could not measure that. It's extremely difficult to have a conversation with a customer of ours when I was at CBRE about where they're at or how to manage this transition if you have no shared basis in fact. So it all starts with measurement. And I had uh, absolute conviction in that and decided that I would go and pursue it as a business. And so that's where Measurable came from.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's so interesting for me, Matt, is like, and again, I'm the newbie. I- I'm always, you know, late to the party. And you obviously are always first, and it's great uh, that you are because, you know, the fact that and we'll get into it, you've been so successful is a ringing endorsement for why real estate companies should be embracing ESG. But just getting back to the platform and the premise, why is disclosure and reporting? so important because you can't pick up any kind of news outlet today and not see that subject in context of ESG and climate. So why, why is this so important?
1: There's, there's two reasons. One, let's get the cliche out of the way. You cannot manage what you do not measure. There is nothing past uh, measurement. You have to have that first. So that's number one. Uh, And we could not and did not in this industry of ours, of real estate, measure the environmental social impacts of real estate. It's a brand new phenomenon, brand new being maybe you can argue for, say, a decade, but really in earnest, I would argue only the last couple of years. The other piece about this is transparency. Sunlight is the best disinfectant. That's the other cliche we should get out there. The real estate business is opaque. In fact, it mostly works on opacity. It works by particular organizations having better access to market comps than others. It works by knowing what that building sold for, leased for, etc. We need to provide the transparency on the environmental and social impact so that the markets can price that into their decisions. What is the physical climate risk exposure this building will be underwater and what's the likelihood of that? What is the carbon intensity of this building? Is it exposed to any regulation? Does it have a real estate green certification? all of these questions have objective answers once you have that information markets can go back to work i do think we're seeing now the revolution of investors and also lenders caring about decarbonization caring about impact and if they have that information they can go and pursue their investment interests without it they have nothing
0: and like you know when when you think about the specific tools on measurable and where you've really seen adoption and you know as I said, amount of square feet that you have under the portfolio, the amount of properties, the geographic expansion. And every founder, if they tell you they their product is the same from day one to where it is today, they're not telling you the truth. And I know measurable is really scaled and grown. But today, where do you see the traction within the measurable sort of suite of solutions? In the beginning, right, there were
1: two things that we essentially offered investor reporting. GRES, the Global Real Estate Sustainability Benchmark, is one of the primary ways real estate entities disclose their ESG performance to investors. That is since complexified, if that's the word. There are many regimes of disclosure, measurable supports, multiple of them. Carbon Disclosure Project, CDP is yet another, and then a bunch of bespoke or investor bi-directional reporting in various specific formats. We have tools to do all of this and automate all of this. We were first to do that, and we were very good at that. And people refer to us as sort of turbo tax for sustainability reporting. So that was one of our first capabilities. We also worked a lot on data ingestion. It turns out it's very hard to get, assemble ESG data. Real estate organizations were not in the business of doing that. And to get that in automatically, not through files, uploads, and all this. So we worked hard to do APIs and, and digital tooling to extract data, transform, and load that data. That was essentially the two offering. We call that utility sync, utility automation, and it brought in also other real estate data like size type address and getting the data back out. How has that changed? Today, Measurable is a comprehensive enterprise ESG suite. That means you have investor reporting, multiple types. You have data acquisition, multiple types, everything from weather and Energy Star to... Shebig and Brigham and Yardy, all being integrated into the system. And then you have a huge piece in the middle, which is the business intelligence piece, the proprietary benchmarking tool. So you can see how one building compares to another, the ability to assess physical climate risk and view that as an analytics layer, the ability to set targets for my 2050 net zero ambitions. So you basically saw Measure work at the extreme end and move to the middle. And then deal with everything in between.
0: And so like, how do you make the case to a new prospective customer client? You know, as you know, cause you came from the industry, right? You know, it as well as anybody, you know, they're looking for an ROI of some degree with this investment that they're going to make in your platform, in any platform, right? That's the way the industry operates. So how, how do you make that pitch to a prospective customer? Like, okay, so I, I will use your suite of solutions. What, what am I getting out of it?
1: So here's the thing that uh, I think sent people on the way wrong track on sustainability. And I think we've got the pendulum swinging back the right way. So, question to you, Mr. Michael Beckerman Does the real estate professional wake up in the morning and worry about energy or carbon footprint? Yes or no?
0: Wow, boy, that's a tough one. You got me on the spot. I didn't know I was okay. being interviewed. I just, would say, just yes, and your, no. I would say just, yes and no. Okay, fair. You split the difference. Let's just go with more.
1: Let's just go with more. No, right now. Like, and it's certainly to me. but the real estate professional wakes up and let's put it in this context to attract debt, equity, deploy that into real estate portfolios and return a fantastic, uh, yield to their, this is sort of what real estate professionals really wake up in the day and focus on. And there are many complexities that go into that and energy way down there is certainly one of them. And it's rising prominence because energy is related to carbon. But the, the key insight is to say first that the real estate professionals in the business of taking money, moving the bricks and mortar, and returning that money to their investors. Now, what we need to talk about is how does that change because of ESG? This is the answer to your ROI question. And I think that that means that there is no spoon. This is my matrix thing, right? There is no ROI. It is a do or die. Do you want to continue to access capital at competitive rates? Yes or no? If the answer is yes, then you must measure, manage, report, and improve ultimately sustainability. So it's a very different lane than we've historically taken in the business.
0: Yes. No, perfect. Well said. Yes. Brilliant. The reason I was saying yes was to the energy when, if it related to costs. If it related to, you know, CapEx, if it was related to the operating budget, you know, somebody along the food chain is going to care about that. But you're right, you know, and that I think that's a great segue into sort of the next topic I wanted to go into, which was for lack of a better word, like this climate today, right? You've got. You know, most major governments around the world, except for a handful of outliers acknowledging and committing to the Paris Accord, you know, coming up with their own climate commitments, making it a real priority. Definitely here in the U S. Thank goodness. Cities around the world, you know, LA, New York, you know, around the world, obviously. Companies like the Black Rocks, which you know really well, insurance underwriting, financial—you know—are we now in the environment where is you know it is do or die from a real estate operator, owner, asset manager's perspective that if they don't really, really start to pay attention to this and make these decisions to invest time and energy and resources now, that they just will not be able to operate as a real estate company going forward. I, I think absolutely yes.
1: This will start and has started with the leaders in the, the industry, the major public rates, the major large asset managers, and it is working its way very swiftly into the main market because of regulation. So investors catalyze this market, and now a regulation regulations coming in, sort of rising tide lifts all boats, right? It doesn't matter if you're a mom and pop real estate owner; you, you have a building of a certain size in, you know, California or New York State or Chicago, Illinois, and you now have to worry about energy and carbon reporting. Uh, and improving that asset accordingly. So that is where we are at today. And that trend to me, and I think most real estate professionals is obvious. And you've used that word, that sort of license to operate. That's a, a term that was foundational to thinking of ESG. And the CSR sort of uh, vernacular from this notion of the government gives you license to operate. It's actually the customer that does and this is where you enter the millennials and the occupiers and, and everyone that makes the real estate business work, whether they're an employee or they're a customer. They are thinking about retracting your license to operate. If you are a polluter, if you are an abuser of, of rights, if you are poor on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and if you cannot prove positively uh, that you're a good actor, you may lose your license to operate. And I do think that that is working now, also and concurrent concurrently to. The regulatory and the investor pressures. So yeah, between the three of those things. Yeah. You're that's not doing great. this. You're in trouble.
0: Yeah, listen. You're somebody, Matt. Did I read all your stuff? I read your blog. I, I watch everything that you guys do. I, I get no, but seriously, like I I learned so much from the content that you're putting out, and for you to say that, you know, that carries a lot of weight in my particular mind. But now, then, on the other side of it, though, the question for me continues to be, and that's why this podcast is—we should really name it like you know, Climate for Dummies, starring Michael Beckerman, <laughs> or something like that, because I'm just like. Getting you everybody that's been on is sort of educating me, right? And so then the question becomes, all right, I don't know the total square footage of commercial real estate in the globe, right? It's more than 10 billion square feet, right? Measurable's got ten billion square feet under its portfolio. Let's say it's a hundred billion. We gotta get ten times more square footage under your portfolio. How the hell are we gonna do this with a great sense of urgency? Because you know, I've been focused on the tech side for so long. It took a horrific act like the pandemic unfortunately, to really start to scale adoption. you yeah, know, and my great fear is we don't have, I don't want to wait for a city like Miami to go underwater or something like that for this to really wake people up. So how are we going to do this collectively?
1: I wish I had the answer to that one. Wow, man, why I did I have you on the podcast pieces?
0: then? You're supposed to okay. tell me how. I'll, I'll pretend. I'll okay. answer.
1: I think there's, first, you, you need to build a collective sense of urgency. And, and I think what we're seeing that now because of the regulatory investment thing. But here's the trick. You have to create an empowerment, a recognition that this is possible, and this is my greatest concern. And I think we, real estate technologists, venture capitalists, all the rest, are complicit in a great crime. That crime is that we are not actually able to do these things at the scale that we need to do them at the pace that we can do them. It's not true. Here's an example. There is a myth in the business that to do sustainability at all well, you need to have real-time data monitoring in all your buildings, and tremendous capex must be made, and very fancy, novel new technologies need to be brought to bear. Totally untrue. Completely untrue. Measurable, let me start this way. Real estate is inherently measurable, pun intended. It is a fixed asset with utility meters on it. It's not moving around on you like an automobile, and it's not ephemeral like telecommunications. This is the world's largest asset class, and it is inherently measurable. We know what its environmental impacts are, and the tricks to improving it are taking 99% of all buildings, which are existing buildings, only 1% or less are built in any given year, and those are gleaming towers to begin with. Nothing bad is really getting built these days of consequence. The problem is what's already here. What if I told you that the technologies of a better light bulb, retro-commissioning buildings, variable fan drives, basic envelope rescans, and other... Status quo things in the real estate business simply weren't deployed at scale it's not this is important it's not novel or new technology it's not cutting edge carbon capture it's not predicated on you having radical real time insights in your building at all. every single building on the planet can do this. It takes some time and it takes some money okay? but what we just did was we broke the myth that real estate professionals in industry are somehow Lacking the tools. That they just don't have this. It's novel things. We hope that they get built and they, they come to save us. There's no technotopia going on here. I think that if we can get that myth out of the way and we start focusing on today available right. basic right. tools and solutions, the fear can get out of the system and the capital can start to get deployed. We have plenty of money to do this.
0: Yeah, no, that's a great message and, and we got to get that message out. wide. Um, that's terrific. And that's encouraging because that's, like you said, that's, that's in the now, you know, that's, that's here. It's in the now. Yeah. That's um, right. talk to me for a few minutes, uh, that we've got left, Matt. You've got, you know, some world class investors. You got Salesforce, Camber Creek, Divco West. And you, I think S and P Global is new. What does you know sort of your mix of investors mean to you, and and what kind of value add are they providing? Measurable as you've grown this platform so extraordinarily oh, since 2013. Camber Creek, too. Don't forget, those guys are fantastic. I said Camber Creek. I love Did, did you say Okay, good. Jake. Um, you'll notice in Measurable
1: that we have always done, we've done three rounds, Michael, we've done a seed and a canopy. In each instance, you have a financial lead investor, a Canberra, a Sway, a Crosscut Ventures, great, yeah. uh, early stage investor out of LA, and strategics behind them, a Divco or an S&P Global or an Exelon, um, Salesforce. One, I couldn't ask for better investors. What is going on there is a conscious move by our business to bring in experts, not just dollars, but expertise against certain things in the business that we know we need to work on. S&P Global, for example, is very big, obviously, in ratings. Mm -hmm. Well, rating a green bond, a CMBS, a green real estate bond, requires real estate ESG data. Right, So there's a fantastic commercial opportunity for us to assist in building green read index products and green bonds, which are all back this transparency, giving investors the understanding of what's green and not green so they can invest and divest as they see fit. Uh, Salesforce is a major occupier of real estate um, and a fantastic technology company. And so they can help us with uh, addressing a new segment, which is corporate occupiers, which is a big part of our business. And they can help us understand how to build great technology right, and work on business models to make this technology ubiquitous. So I hope that helps Is just when I think about the value out of our investors, I think you've got wonderful lead investors who get how to build great SaaS businesses in real estate, and you've got strategics that know how pieces of that can uh, work going forward.
0: And have big real estate portfolios, obviously, it's, right? Convenient. Like, yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. And you know, that's sort of like, when i get asked advice not that i'm any you know great expert on fundraising when i get asked advice particularly today where there's so much capital chasing you know startups is like I, I always say just make sure there's a value add there right and make sure first and foremost these are people you want to you know get into the trenches with because it's not always going to be good and it's going to have money in the bank but it you know it's better to have people that you can turn to when the shit hits the fan and it gets tough and that add value and i think that's really what you were echoing yeah.
1: Our business, and I think, many, look, I think many startup businesses, are they're incredibly hard. You have a very few set of quick successes where it all looked easy. Our business was very hard. When this company started, this topic of ESG wasn't yeah. something we would have had a podcast about.
0: I didn't know what the hell you it. were doing. I was like, Whoa, who <laughs> is this guy? What does the ESG stand for? When you get 2013, right. I'm like, what? what? I got to go look it up. Right. And now we don't have to
1: explain it quite so much. No, right. And but I think that, that in PropTech, tech, by the way, you know, what the guys at VTS have done and yeah. and Comstack and many other fantastic innovators, uh, none of these businesses happen in a year. No, no. no. <laughs> it took some time. So you have to have patient investors You know how to work for that.
0: Yeah, that's great. So I guess finally, you know, I know because I do read all your stuff. I genuinely do. It, it's great quality. I know you got an Energy Star Award. I know you got a sustained excellence award. Congratulations, those are big deals. What's next? Like, what, what are you focused on as the CEO? You know, you're what, eight, nine years down the road, whatever it is. What does the next couple of years look like? What do you hope it looks like for Measurable?
1: And for all of us, I think our success is one that people can get behind, right? That's what I like about the businesses. Yeah. We're going to have an economic success for our investors. That to me seems readily obvious. But when we are successful, this business will accomplish something by this business, I mean our industry of real estate, it will be more transparent, it will be more profitable, it will be more resilient, it will be more healthy, healthier. This is what we need, right? This is, these are better outcomes for all of us and that's why ESG is such a powerful concept. It creates the doubles and the triples, not just economic outcomes that are your win and someone else's loss. Our wins are everybody's wins. And so I think we need to have a very large business. It's a category-defining business. It's a genre-defining business. I think we need to be out there showing that there should be measurables in every asset class sector, nook and cranny of the economy. And I think we should have businesses built on top of our business yeah. to further lubricate the actions that need to take place to take decarbonization to scale and make healthier buildings and so on. and go. So that's what I think needs to have.
0: Well, you're, you're preaching to the choir, my friend, because, you know, to quote the great Poet Bruce Springsteen. Nobody wins in the end unless everybody wins. So you know what? That's that's great. That's win win. That's how I've always tried to live my life, and it's one of the reasons why you know I moved so quickly and aggressively into climate tech when I, of course, so late realized what. How much the real estate industry was contributing to climate change and so i've got this you know big audience this bully pulpit and i'll use it to change the world for you know hopefully while i'm still around for my kids and their kids because as you said you know the facts don't lie and, and the data's there climate change is real and i loved also how you talked about that there are really small steps that companies can make today and make a real impact immediately. I think that was one yeah, of the should, takeaways I got. That was really great.
1: I'll give you two last things before I close. One is that the real estate industry uh, suffers unduly from a reputation of environmental degradation and social degradation. We disrupt communities. We gentrify communities. We, we uh, blight land and all this stuff. We provide shade and shelter and operating space and, and, and public life venues this is a fantastic industry and we can be leaders in this transformation right. in fact we have done phenomenal work look at boston properties look at dws look at credit Suisse. And it's unfair to pick any any of them like, there's there is really good work being done here so i think that this is a chance to address this issue and empower our business to be ambassadors of uh, good climate stewardship and good uh, social outcomes for everybody how we build what we build yeah, not, and when it comes to when you're at the party, no one cares where you're at in the Congo line. Let's just make sure we're all dancing together. <laughs> well, I mean, all right.
0: So, Matt, you know what? We mentioned Bruce Springsteen. We mentioned the Congo line. We mentioned dancing. For those that are listening and, and, <laughs> and don't see handsome Matt on the screen here, there's a guitar over his left shoulder. Now, Matt, you can't have that guitar there for for just props. I know that you know how to play the guitar. I think you need to go over there, get the guitar, and take us home. Come on, man. Play us a little ditty.
1: Yeah, I'm only going to do this for you. Oh, oh, Michael, it's out of tune.
0: Oh, come on, man. Leave me on a hopeful note. Give me a little ditty. It's like how Mark Marin closes his podcast, right?
1: Well, do you sing anything?
0: I mean, I do, but I, I want to keep people listening.
1: Okay. That's what's a C, that's what's be So we're going to have to cut this section, and you're going to have to give me a chance to redo do it, but i play played guitar for many years, and I really do promise I can do it all right. It'll be a great reason to have you back on the podcast with a tuned guitar.
0: But seriously, Matt, I was just having fun with you, but I, I know you're a great guitar player. But uh, thanks so much, man, for taking the time. All the great work you've been doing. You know, you've been fighting the fight years and years without uh, you know people like me paying attention as much as we should have. And uh, I know that uh, the industry's in good hands with uh, leaders like you and and your team at Measurable. So thanks so much for spending time with me today.
1: It's entirely my pleasure, Michael. Thanks for the time. If you want to hear more about top
0: industry trends, please hit subscribe and join us on this journey to reimagine real estate. If you've enjoyed listening to this week's episode, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. To stay up to date on leading climate tech trends and topics, join the CreTech Climate Community by clicking the link in our bio. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to having you join us next week.